What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? We want to welcome you back to the TNJ Podcast. Podcast, podcast. Podcast. (laughs) We just want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to our last one. We really appreciate all the great feedback. All you haters, you can go. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely want to say a special shout out to Kevin Smith from Sacramento. Yes. Yes. I have to disclose this. That is my cousin. Very generous donation. Mm-hmm. We do appreciate it. Listen, but still support it. You yes. know, support it, support it. Thank you so much. Please, please, uh, for those of you just now tuning in, check out the first one. And please let your friends and family know that we are here and we would love more listeners. Spread the word. And your feedback. All right. So my name is Gerard J. Rock Anderson, for those of you who don't know. And I'm Taylor LaChapelle Brown. Uh, the first of its kind, uh, a.k.a. Lasha Pimp. There you go. There you go. We got a very special guest in the building tonight. Woo-woo. Let's give it up for the one, the only, the big sexy, Mr. John Riss. Hey, hey, Woo-woo. what's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm a first-time podcaster, so thank yes. you so much. And uh, Well, excited. you got a little a.k.a. too, right? White mocha? No, not that one. <laughs> Which one? Big sexy? Well, not that one. What? <laughs> My name is it's Peaches, <laughs> and I'm the best. All the BJs want to feel my breath. <laughs> what movie was that from? Coming to America. Coming to yeah. America. Yeah. Once they're coming out with a part two, and I'm so excited for Very that. Very excited, but happy to be here and looking forward to it. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks thank for the you invite. for coming. Well, yeah, we needed yeah. an expert tonight. Our topics are going to include all things fatherhood. So mm-hmm. uh, Taylor and I do not have kids. No, we don't. But we were damn good sons, right? Facts. So we needed we needed an expert in the fatherhood business, and, and mm-hmm. what more could I ask of a good friend of mine mm-hmm. who has about twelve children? Then I, yeah, oh. ten that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is he a father, but you're also a stepfather too, which adds a whole different dynamic to yes. that. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us like your firstborn and how that kind of you know changed you? What mm-hmm. made you want to become a father? Well, I, I think I always knew I wanted to be a father, but uh, stepping into it, I, you know, you're nervous, excited. But I remember Aiden, who's now 15, very proud of him. But I mean, that those first couple of years, uh, I think for both mom and dad, are definitely a learning experience because you're, you know, like they say, there's no instructional book. Like there's no yeah, you didn't have Google at the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're jumping in blind, but uh, you learn as you go, and you you know, just instinct and go with your heart. And but it's. Uh, it's been very overwhelming. I have some laugh- laughable moments over the years, and uh, but it's been quite a challenge. And I have two great stepchildren, uh, Jessica and Jordan, 17, and Jordan's 15, soon to be 16. So oh, wow. I have a teen driver, which yeah. is another dynamic. I know. So I'm, I'm, my wife and I are emotionally preparing for that one. You got to get yeah. that Electra 225. <laughs> I know. It's, Rolling in the 6-4. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's been a blessing having a blended family, which is, you know, it's which is, I think, pretty common in today's world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very common. But then also, and then my youngest, Will, who's 10, and um, still dealing with the, uh, you know, younger part of his life and mm-hmm. blending him in with, with us and dealing with, so three teenagers and a 10-year-old. And now, you know, then add in COVID, which is just, yeah. you know, right. now dealing with schooling at home. Yeah. And uh, activities which are now on hold or delayed, postponed, whatever you want to name it, but it's it's been a challenge, and I think it's been a challenge on uh, parenting 
uh, from afar, um, and you know, you're trying to watch your kids grow up mm-hmm. and give them the space and respect, but also support them and nurture them and, yep. and, and love on them as much as you can without driving them crazy. Because I, I have to, I have to remind myself daily, what was I like when I was 15? You know, like mm-hmm. take a step back. Yeah. Thank God there was I not everything on my own. Right, right. I know. And, well, we you was know, when we were 15. Right, yeah. Yeah. And you know it all when you're 15 and 16. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's it is definitely humbling and uh, makes me a better person, I think, and a dad. But uh, you know, I, I couldn't do it without my wife and all her support. And she's truly the the glue in the family, it keeps us all, right. all together. Uh, but shout out to Roxanne. I know Roxanne. I know. <laughs> so uh, it's but just. Seeing, I think, what the most rewarding thing is seeing the, the kids grow up and mm-hmm. seeing their, their personalities, and times you know you want to pull your hair out, mm-hmm. um, but just watching them grow and becoming the individuals and seeing their strengths come out as you know pieces of part of you, you know, mm-hmm. that you said, oh yeah, that is, I see that. I wonder where he gets that from. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think every parent or yeah. you know even as a sibling, you always say, oh, you're just like mom, you're like dad, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, see, yeah, see the see your kids a part of you grow up and develop and become you know good contributing people in our society and community right. you know and knowing right from wrong and doing the right thing and making the better choices because that's what we're trying to teach them to do like you know you've every everything has a as a choice path you know you can go a or b and so right. trying to decide what's the best path was that the right choice you made mm-hmm. you know and sometimes you know we've all been there you make you hit a speed bump and yeah. it slows you down a little bit and you learn from it. Like, I mean, I'm still learning every day. So, so how yeah. old were you when you had your first child? Um, I was 30. Okay. Yeah. Thir- almost 30. Well, I was 30, 30 turning one. 30 okay. That, so. that gives me hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Six more years. I, yeah. Six more years of being selfish. Well, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, you could, you know, you got a lot to do. Lot, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think 30 is a good age. Yeah. yeah. I think so men, too. We kind of mature yeah. a little bit older right. than women do. Yeah. You I know. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to, you know, coworkers have had been dads at 40, starting out as new dads. And there's, I think, oh, some benefit to that yeah. because you bring some experience and wisdom, but also now you've, you know, somebody like you're gonna have teenagers. You know, I'm close to fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I know. Starting to yeah. slow down. And, uh, <laughs> <I'm a walker. laughs> I know. Dad, you got a nice diaper. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna change yours, and then you can change mine. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think the, the biggest takeaway is just is watching each each of them grow up and develop and become the unique individuals uh, that they are. So it's it's been a now, see, in my so I come from five younger siblings. I'm the oldest of six. Okay. Oh, wow. And I will say, the youngest usually more often than not, and the middle child sometimes usually gets treated. Or, or the middle child sometimes gets left out, but gets treated the best. The youngest yeah. child. Yeah, the youngest child usually gets treated right. the best overall. And I've heard from a lot of people or a lot of parents, and my own parents that usually the firstborn is almost kind of like the trial and error type kid where you mm-hmm. kind of figure out it and then you get better as you go along. Mm-hmm. But the firstborn is usually kind of the one that gets like, the rules are more tougher or more more strict yeah. than the younger ones because then you kind of see how they deal with it. You took the beating so they didn't have yeah, exactly. to. Oh, right, yeah. You, you were the trailblazer. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can say that that's not true in the household that I grew up in. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got treated differently than my sister did. Mm-hmm. She's the oldest? Yeah, she's okay. three years older than I am, and there's different reasonings behind that. You know, my parents divorced when I was three. 
Mm-hmm. My mother came from a, a large family, about nine siblings, three of which passed away at a very, very early age. And, you mm-hmm. know, two when they were infants and one when she was, I think, maybe six, seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. But she also was raised in an abusive household. So she had a disdain for men and abusive men in general. Now, I don't know, you know, my parents' relationship. Right. Like I said, they divorced at three. None of the, neither one of them talked about the other one. But I think my mother took it out on me, all of that hurt and pain, yeah. you know, more so. So, yeah. But back to your point, I do, you're probably right. Like yeah. my, my experience was a little different. Than yeah, that. I think I think definitely the younger kid gets a lot more slack. I was the youngest as well. Um, I have an older sister. Um, and then, you know, the, the different, the dynamics of being the younger sibling, you maybe get away with more stuff. And, do yeah. you think that's a male-female component as well? Uh, possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my mouth might have got me in trouble uh, when I was younger, but... Uh, same. Try to yeah <laughs> learn from that. I'll raise my hand to that. Right, one. <laughs> right. But um, I uh, I try to be a little understanding as I'm parenting through life and um, watching my kids grow up and realize yeah there's probably some stuff I would have done. Now speaking of because this is a totally different era, uh-huh. the way that you were raised, the way that I was raised, very strict. I'm not sure about you. If you were I was super strict, too. super yeah. strict uh-huh. as well. This new generation, I feel like, you know, they do not have it as hard. They're not held accountable, you know, yeah. and um, there's a lot of disrespect that yeah. goes on. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, I don't want to get too deep into my personal stuff, but I think there's there's definitely a lot more, the generation, I'm not going to go specific on my family, but I think this generation is just the kids, there's a lot more latitude, they have more... Uh, say and what goes on um, and and I've seen it, it, it an observation too I've noticed it in the media too like yeah. kids TV where oh, the right. you know even on the Disney Channel where you see you know the kids are disrespectful so to speak mm-hmm. to the parents and you know it's funny I'm like nah, I don't know it's funny not really. it's not funny at the time yeah right. maybe for TV but when you when that when that falls back in your own home and you're trying to raise your kids and, and you know it makes it challenging and I, i'm not blaming the media but uh, i think there's times there's you know it's tough to say all right guys this is you know how we're doing things here and to bring that all in uh but again touching in with technology too you know this generation also is used to immediate gratification right they've got a cell phone and they instant access. You know, before we had to go to the library or we want to look something up. Now they get it in five seconds at their fingertips. Right. Or you and have so, to get a paper route. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you want those jeans, you're going to have to go work for right. them. Right. Right. The tiring console, you got to get out there and get a job. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think there's, there's uh, you know, more provided for mm-hmm. this generation, um, you know, instead of, like you said, kind of having to work for it right. or earn it, you know. Um, Say, all right, we'll give it to you, and, and it's easier. Be, I mean, in in a parenting aspect, it's like, oh, I don't have to think about it. I'll just give it to you. You mm-hmm. know, and there are some aspects of that where it's true because you, you don't want to fight. You're tired. You've been working all day. Whatever it is, you just say, okay, uh, whatever. I'll give yeah. it to you. All right. So that brings me to the next thing in in raising children is chores, responsibility. Mm-hmm. I know, like when I was tall enough to reach the sink. 
I had to wash dishes. Yeah. I had to learn how to wash and dry clothes at a very young age. Yeah. I know people who have children that have never washed a dish that don't do their the finger. Yeah, they don't yeah. have their finger. So yeah. how does that even happen in today's world? I think I you know, again, my opinion, I think some people, some families are just saying, like, you know, I'll handle it, let the kid be a kid. Will take care of all the domestic stuff, and he'll he or she will learn now when they get older. But I, you know, my thinking is, as they get older, you know, you teach them how to walk, you know, clean up after themselves, do the dishes, mow the lawn, whatever the chore might be. Do you think that should have started earlier? Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, started at a young age, you know, make it a uh, age appropriate task, like you know. Two. Right, you know, you're you're, you're walking now. Here's a mop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, make it fun. Look at yeah. look fun. You know? Right, <laughs> get out there and cut that grass. <laughs> right, have the dog drag you around with a sponge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my dad though, how we were raised or how I was raised, like we came from kind of uh, like the inner city or whatever. So mm-hmm. we were just trying to get by. So we didn't really mm-hmm. have much. So I did have to do a lot more. Now my, but my dad is in a position where now he coaches UFC fighters, so he's in a position of power to kind of like give what we were talking about, like the children, whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But they're not working for it as hard as I worked for my stuff whenever yeah. I asked for something. Do you resent that? I don't resent it. I, I'm, I'm really happy for my siblings. I just, the only thing that I'm concerned about is the hardworking factor is... The work and, ethic. Yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. also, when they do get great things, they don't understand the value of the mm-hmm. stuff that they exactly. have. So then exactly. they just mistreat it. Right. Mm-hmm. So Take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You realize, like, okay, you want this, you know, nice car or whatever the, the object might be, but here's what the steps it takes to get there instead yeah. of, you know, just hand it to you. Because, I, you know, I think we all know people like, here, you're 16, here's your car. I'm like, well, you know, there's responsibility and there's costs involved with that mm-hmm. and you know i look back to when i was 16 and i had a job and you know my parents were helped me out but at the same time you know i was working when i went to school and and help pay for gas or whatever there was but it was it wasn't about the money it was about learning the responsibility and accountability that comes along with that as right. you know becoming a young adult and moving into adulthood and like you said not expecting things just you know, snap your fingers and mm-hmm. it's it's right there given to you. So So let's revert to our childhood. How was how was your father towards you? How did he impact you and shape your life? Yeah. So I have I've had two fathers, one biological, mm-hmm. but he left when I was four. And then I have my now who I call father. Um he came into my life when I was seven. So it was they were my to give context my stepdad now at the time when i was seven he was 19. Oh, wow. yeah and my mom she was 24 around 24 i think mm-hmm. around there um so they were just kind of like figuring it out and figuring like uh, what they what they wanted to do in life and also just how they were gonna pay the bills every like month to okay, month yeah. just trying to figure all that type of stuff out. yeah and at the same time when i was seven that's when my on his side my stepdad he had his firstborn with oh, another girl wow. too wow. so there was two babies involved or two kids involved um that they were trying to take care of so we were 
bouncing from place to place to place to place. So I went from school to school to school. Um, but going back to just the value of things and how just being strict or just the difference in this generation mm-hmm. is, yeah, I, I really learned to kind of like work for everything that I got because we couldn't get a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then throughout the years, my dad got a better job. So then that was, then I, I was able to kind of ask for more, but at the same time, because of how I was raised, I always just kind of want to work for it for myself right. rather than my siblings, though, when they came about. Uh, and also my siblings, they were back to back. So the oldest one, uh, 17, and the youngest one, I believe, is, I want to say, 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah, so everything okay. was back to back. And then also, I didn't really have a parent there because my mom, because they were back to back, was always in the hospital or taking oh, care sure. of the kids. Wow. So, wow. And then my dad was always working, full-time working, because she has to stay a stay-at-home mom. Right. Um, so I really did have to, have to do everything myself, but I still had responsibilities. And if I, my dad, he came from also kind of not a so great like parenthood so he didn't really understand how to at the time raise uh, a child or i would say kind of especially like in what we were talking about in the previous podcast how men get raised and kind of like don't be a punk or whatever Mm -hmm. stop crying don't Don't show no emotions emotions, yeah. yeah so that to me as I got just now in my recent early 20s, I've kind of just recently started to open up to understand my emotions and not kind of bottle everything in mm-hmm. because I know that that's not great. Right. But anyways. Do you appreciate that yeah, strictness? 100% because I couldn't be who I am today without any of that. At the same time, though, I see it's because it's so weird. I look at my fiance, Mariah, and she was kind of, I don't want to say given everything, but was almost just like, ah, this sounds bad, but not. You know you gotta go home tonight. No, I don't right. know. No, 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 the couch is looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she was, uh, she was, she was just given more from her parents than I was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I see her do things. For example, her mom will tell her, hey, go do the dishes right now. Back before. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we have our own place now, but uh, like go do the dishes and then she was like oh yeah I'll do them and then sit on the couch for like the next two hours and I'm, I'm my mind is blown right I'm like, like oh my god, god I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get beat right now <laughs> like, you know, if it's not done in the next two minutes you know or at least just go up and get it but uh, so but how strict I was I don't think was necessarily right but how lenient she was get like her parenting style was I don't think that was necessarily right either but I don't know the middle ground. That's what I'm trying to understand. That's what I was going to ask. Like, you know, you are engaged. So Mm -hmm. once you do start your family, how will you discuss parenting styles? How will Mm -hmm. you come up with a plan to raise your children in the the best way? And finding that balance. You know, that's a struggle. I mean, with my wife, uh, even my ex-wife, you're trying to find that, you know, because you're having your values and her values. And, and bringing that together as one and not one is right or wrong. It's just, you got to find a common ground. So there's harmony right. because uh, like you said, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you have to take a deep breath. Like, yeah. wow, I just, you know, that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, she's probably saying the same thing when she sees something like how you handled something. And that's something I have to pause and say, all right, 
But that's something you feel like you should have a definitely have a discussion oh, with your partner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, that's why Loretta and I glad we don't have kids. <laughs> uh, I was raised in the Adrian Peterson Switch Academy, so mm-hmm. oh, uh, and she's child protection, so it yeah. just uh, would never have worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, my dad, he's, he was his background has always been wrestling, and then so he's always and he's always been fighting. So okay, anytime it was, uh, I needed to get my ass whipped. I got my ass whipped. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, those days I do not, yeah. do not yeah. miss. <laughs> so talk a little bit about your upbringing and your father, and you also had a stepfather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents were divorced when I was uh, six, so young age as well. Uh, but similar to your story, I, my father figure was my stepdad. I really looked up mm-hmm. to him, and I still do. And we're close, keep in touch, even though he and my mom divorced um, quite a few years ago, but I'm still close with him and I consider him family. Um and my, my biological dad passed away about 13 years ago, but I was close with my dad, but I truly consider my stepdad more my father, mm. the one I could lean to and reach out to for because I grew up with him and spent, you know, 90% of my time with him. And he was the one I'd reach out to for questions, advice, and he was always there for me, which I think I valued the most and my sister as well. He was, he was that one pillar that was always constant mm-hmm. because we had some challenges with our mom and he was the one that we could always go to and you know no questions asked no judgment he was always there so very thankful for him and also i think obviously helped me shape the man shape me into the man who i am today and um think about not always the most patient when it comes to the kids but i try to mm-hmm. you know take a deep breath and i mean again i think that comes with time as a father mm-hmm. you know yeah. you try not to lose your cool and you know just ask yourself, how would I have handled that? And I try to take that, what I learned from him growing up. And But anyway, yeah, he was, you know, uh, an Episcopal priest. And that's why I turned out so pure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> time for Not so much, exactly. <laughs> and, my mom, responses. <laughs> uh, and my mom was a deacon in Episcopal church. So um, St. John just became natural to me. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So it was, uh, you know, growing up in a church, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't bad. It just, you know, we moved a few times and lived in Ohio and then Washington State and uh, made some great friends along the way. But, um, you know, it's it's different growing up. And, and, and I was very blessed because we were fortunate. We had things I didn't, we never wanted for anything. But also my parents, you know, said, go out and get a job. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't just giving everything away. Um, but also learn the value of the dollar and, and, and my sister as well. She was working in high school and, you know, just keeping busy with uh, a side job at, at all times. And so I, you know, whatever it was working in a restaurant or, you know, busting tables, but I just, you know, learned the value of the dollar. And, uh, you know, it's also nice, you know, you had an extra hundred dollars as a 15 year old, you thought you were rolling. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was big money, you know, mm-hmm. but. Do your fathers and stepfathers still try to influence your life? Do they ever just drop nuggets on you, like knowledge here and there? For me, I would say yes. I'll say my, I I honestly didn't get along with my father until right after high school. Oh, okay. And so right after high school, I started, we started bonding more. And I also think that goes into just kind of, um, Maturity. Well, yeah, maturity. Yeah. Well, me and him, and then 
now me reflecting back on my life, I can see that, okay, I was tripping at these points and, right. you know, you, you did take it a little, maybe like a little bit overboard, but you still were right in, in the end, um, mm-hmm. as far as what you were, tr- what you, I get what you were trying to see. At this right. time. And then, cause now I see other kids or other people and they're doing what I did, but they didn't learn like, um, either like the responsibility or the rules of the game right. and he was really trying to teach me but i was like no no no, i got it don't right, i'm not gonna right. listen to you right. yeah and so but now as i'm an adult i'm like wow i'm actually really happy that you did those things i didn't understand at the time but now coming into my adult years i am like i am so appreciative of how you did that yeah like uh for example things things like this where this is kind of like that tough love factor yeah. where I would go to either a party or I would, I would do something or go somewhere that's kind of far. And then they said, hey, they would tell me right before I leave, you know, if you go there, you got to figure a way back because mm-hmm. I'm not going to get you. Right. Yeah. You know, unless it's like absolutely, if it's an emergency, of course, right. you know, you'd be there for your kid. But uh, if it's not an emergency, you're not dying, then you got to find your own way home. You know, and at, at, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, my parents, don't they don't love me. You know, they, yeah. they hate me. They don't. But now... It's like now I became as far as uh, just responsible of like, okay, if I'm going here, I know how to get back. I know what to do or who to call up or whatever. I know kind of just my options and just better planning out of like everything right. um, into my maturity. But, you know, um, I was going to say my dad, you know, is huge in financial. That's what he did for work. So he's always dropping these little nuggets on me and right. my sister when she was alive. And uh, I remember she wanted to go to law school, and he asked her why. And she said, I, want, I just want to help people. I want to help poor people in particular. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the best way to help poor people is not to become one of them. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I looked at each other like, that is so cruel. Yeah. Like, how could you say something like that? Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, I get it. Because if you don't have the resources or the wealth to help someone that is less fortunate than you, then you really can't help them. Yep. Which didn't mean don't help that person, but yep. you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself you. before you can help somebody yeah, else. Right. So, you know, he, he's, he's dropped a lot of- Can't save you know, people on a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, I just want to read something from uh, one of our listeners from Toronto, uh, Scott Morash. He said, fatherhood. Your children grow from complete dependence in the early years to fierce independence in their teenage years. It's very fulfilling when the dependence returns in the 20s and 30s and they rely on their father again. There's no better feeling than to be needed like that. Which I thought that's, was really that's cool. spot on, yeah. yeah. We uh, have some other people that uh, texted us too, which I'll, I'll read some of those later towards the end of the podcast. Yeah. But it's, that's it's cool, yeah. That's a, thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. a nice. It's uh, really, uh, it's cool how, you know, it just goes like full circle mm-hmm. as far as being dependent, then wanting to be independent and then realizing that, wow, I'm glad that you did everything and you set me up correctly right, or, right. or, you know, whether or not. And also, uh, I don't know about you, but for my stepdad, has a lot a lot of influence over me i do things and i don't realize like that i'm doing it until i go hang out with my stepdad again and i see him do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and i'm like whoa okay that's why i do that or that's why i say stuff like this that's why i do this (laughs) now i'm getting it 
it's weird how that can uh, yeah. the person who even if even if you didn't like me and my dad we didn't understand each other eye to eye or I didn't understand him um, in my early years but now going back to it it's like wow how much I am actually like you wow right uh, immature yeah. I didn't get along with my mom a lot but I'm so much like her it's yeah. Yeah, scary. You, yeah. The mannerisms, you yeah. know, yeah. that you right. pick up from them, you don't right. you don't realize it at the time mm-hmm. until you 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 have to literally step back and look. Mm-hmm. When you're become a young adult and and or a parent, even you're like ah, the light kicks on. Like mm-hmm. I see it now, and you know you take it for what it's worth and say, wow, thank you. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, at the time you you're pushing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. it's yeah. crazy. Well, let's uh, dig into our next topic here. Right, let's no, do let's it. Hit We're it. gonna talk about manners, man, manners oh, today. You man. know, not just with kids, but with adults. Mm. You know, especially common courtesy. Yeah. yeah, you know, we all uh, full disclosure here. We all work for the same company, same major airline. So mm-hmm. uh, John and I work on board in the cabin. Taylor's going to be joining us. Yes, one very, of these soon. Days, yeah, very soon. Very soon. Now he's on the ground. But, you know, we see it all the time. Daily. In the air, on the ground. That people are just rude. Yeah. I won't say everybody, but there's a lot of rudeness going on. It's a lack of common courtesy. You know, just the basic uh, civilities and etiquette of uh, just greeting. But I I, I was thinking about that when you you touched on that earlier about what we were going to share. And I think a lot of that comes from technology, how Mm -hmm. technology has taken away the human interaction piece, you know, yeah. we're not, you know, we're able to chat with people because they're so locked into their, their cell phone or the laptop or whatever. And that's takes away from, um, the human factor and trying to create that relationship and that bond where, you know, I'll see a young kid on the plane and say, Hey, how are you? And they just look at you like you're, you know, you got three eyes, you know, <laughs> because you know, they, they just don't, they don't know how to react because they're used to interacting with a, a cellular device, you know, and saying, now it's okay to, you know, say hi. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not a threat. I'm just, you know. But don't you think, I don't know, it's like <clears throat> we all have emotions, right? Yep. We mm-hmm. all want to be respected, you know, we all want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So if someone treated them the way that they treat other people, they would be upset about it. Yeah. Case in point, the recent outings of all these Karens and Kins. Uh-huh. Like, if somebody did all That's that crazy. stuff to them, they would go ballistic. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they would lose it. Yeah. So how do you think it's okay for you to be rude and nasty to somebody like that? Yeah. Well, that's a that's a fair point. I think a lot of people, and I have to, you know, I see that stuff and online or the little video clip, and I just remember, like, usually these people, there's something else behind it. You know, this, this person is hurting. There's, you know... The old saying, hurt people, hurt people, you know, because someone's something, there's more to the the story. It's not just like, oh, you cut me off in the line at uh, at Target. No, there's more to that. You know, there's something driving that anger and that rage and frustration, you know, but we may never ever get to that because that person is just interacting in your life for 30 seconds of frustration. But, uh, but absolutely, you know, just seeing people on a day to day basis, again, whether you're the grocery store, Target, wherever you might be, and just saying hi to someone or holding the door open, it, it's becoming fewer and far between. I think. So do you think, 
a lot of times, and I think it really started with our generation, you know, Generation X, mm-hmm. because I remember we couldn't go into anyone's home, you know, unless we were invited in. Mm-hmm. And then if once we were invited in, we had to stand there in the doorway until we were invited to come and sit on the couch or wherever they wanted right. us to sit, you know. Um, and you were respect, you, you would respect your elders, mm-hmm. you know, if... Mrs. Johnson next door or Miss Green across the street said something to you, that was just as good as your parents saying something to right. you. Right, yeah. You know, nowadays you see these kids and you can't say anything to them about anything. No. Otherwise, they will cuss you the yeah. heck out. I'm not going to lie. Um, Rye's parents definitely taught me manners because, like I said, my parents, they weren't, they were there, but they weren't, like, there enough to mm-hmm. really give me those kind of like clues right. of like hey when you're in somebody's house you know respect like their house don't mm-hmm. just go up in their fridge and stuff right. like that you know because <laughs> back at the house we didn't really have much in the fridge so i'm always looking for something to eat but right uh, yeah so <laughs> there was one time i was at mariah's house this was in the early early stage uh I, we were hanging out but i walked I was in her fridge and I was just like looking through the fridge. And yeah, I didn't know Who no better yet. Donna Lamont. Oh, Don. She uh, yeah, the mama. The mama bear, she got me, bro. You got that she, she, she sat me down, she said, listen. <laughs> so she taught me the whole game or whatever. So I really learned a lot as far as that, just because of lack of parenting, in okay. a sense. Um, and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's not you no fault on you. Because yeah. I didn't I honestly I didn't know that like well, that looking back on it, yes, I know now because again, being more mature. But in, in a kid stage, I'm just hanging out, you know. I'm just at over at, right. at, at the time yeah. my friend's house, but I'm just chilling or whatever. So, yeah, my mom didn't play when it came to that. Yeah, no. yeah. my friend Candy. Oh we were God. hanging out one day, and we drove up to my house. I had to run in and change clothes or something, and she went to use the phone. You know, oh, without asking, before, without asking. So she picked up the phone, dialed out, called, whatever. My mom was in the kitchen. As soon as she hung up that phone, she came out. And I didn't know any of this was going on. Okay. I found out when we got outside <laughs> to the car. She was like, oh, let me just tell you something. Gerard doesn't pay any bills around here. <laughs> so if you want to use my phone, mm-hmm. you need to put a quarter. <laughs> oh, she did not play. Oh, my mom was gangster when it came to that kind of stuff. Everybody was afraid of her, myself oh, yeah. included, for right. different reasons. <laughs> yeah, my dad, well, well, he was Mr. Manners. Everything was, you know, you know, sit up at the table, mm. eat right. Yeah, you know, just right. there was there was a lot of, you Mr. know. Mr. and Mrs. Yes, yeah, yeah you yeah. you respected, you know, Mr. Anderson, mm-hmm. Mr. Smith. And, um, you know, and now I realize, you know, as the generations move on, it's a more casual, and I don't care if you know someone calls me. Would you like to go back to that time, uh, or do you feel more respected? You know, like not that you care, but mm-hmm. you go by either one. But would you feel more respected, or just kind of like uh, off put if someone called you? I think I think kind of tying both in. I said if if someone just if one of like I'm just saying one of my kids' friends. As long as they ask, that's all I care. I don't need to be called Mr. Riss. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, I'm not that hardcore. But it's like, hey, you know, do you mind if I use your phone? Or mm-hmm. not that landline still exists. Right. But, <laughs> you know, Just pick up your cell phone. I, that, right. Yeah. You mind if I, I grab a snack? I wish it's a security code. You know, but, I mean, there's definitely the level of 
comfort, I think, mm-hmm. is is become uh, quite relaxed right. in this generation. And I think it just that has just come down and through the years. With everything, including oh. clothing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You used to dress up yeah. to go somewhere special, mm-hmm. and now it's you eating. Know. Or you just going out to eat. That was right. a treat. And now, I mean, I think most families, I'm saying frequently, but it's just it's so much easier. It's going back mm-hmm. to that, you know ease of, right. of life and you know mom and dad are working or you know one's gone one's out of town whatever in our situation i'm gone a lot for work and I, I i you know i don't judge my wife for that because she's you know trying to juggle her job and then kids and like she's tired and she yeah. wants to be like all right the kids are hungry or something easy you know it's just but yeah going back to your point that you know going out used to be a treat now it's just kind of the norm yeah, yeah i mean it's and now you know, now you go, you go to a restaurant and they have, well, this is, I guess, pre-COVID, but they'd have gaming for the kids now. Yeah. You know, you go to, I mean, say Chili's or something, you know, family-friendly restaurant. But, you know, it's just, it kind of also divides the family. You know, it's usually the time to bring them together. Yeah. Now you've got yeah. so much distraction. Uh, and we try to, all right, we're going out. Everybody leave their phone down so we can just visit. And maybe just, you know, a very casual conversation and um, to see what's going on. But that's... I think uh, that's, and I say all families, but I think, I mean, that's something that's missed because of how busy families are with kids and, you know, kids are going in five different directions with their activities and school and social lives and and mom and dad are juggling their jobs and their personal lives. Um, And so I think this is like, you know, during COVID, since everything has slowed down, like this mm-hmm. is a perfect time to yeah. kind of establish some of those. Absolutely. I mean, back values and traditions. If, if they go back, I'm trying to remember like kind of when things really clamped down. Was that March? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was right. So, March. so, so March, March, we were spending time together. We were making dinners and it was fun. We were laughing. But then, you know, jump ahead 30 days, 60 days, the, the fun was worn yeah. off. And it wasn't necessarily each other. It was like, you know, we want to get back to our normal routine of school. So the kids are sleeping outside in a tent? Oh, we didn't have a tent. Yeah, we just... Oh, just yeah, sleeping outside. Just sleeping outside. We leave the hose on so we can get right, some water. So water. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not cruel. But... Um, you got an electric fence, right? Um, or a visible fence. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They try to run away. Safe. Right. <laughs> the dogs sleep inside. Though. Right. In the bed. Right. In the kids' bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but i mean initially yeah it was it was nice we were together and we were laughing having making meals together and then you know i think the that you know like every family people got frustrated with the covid and you know i want my routine back whether it was crazy you know leaving out the door at seven in the morning to go to school or work and you know but you know kids need that routine Mm -hmm. um that structure and as crazy as it might be for some families, but at the same time, I know my kids are missing it, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it, it's, it's going to be for the high schoolers and more distance learning, which they're not crazy about because they want to get back involved and engage with their friends socially and just get back in that routine and rhythm. Mm-hmm. But, um, Anyway, we kind of got off course there a little bit. But with, right. the, with the COVID, you know, we can talk about in. anything we want to yeah. talk about. Yeah. This is our podcast, right? <laughs> now. We own this. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and I, I really admire the uh, parents of younger kids. You know, if you any any child under, you know, eight, nine years old, that's really a challenge because mm-hmm. you're, you're dealing with, you know, if you have to work from home and now you're juggling uh, 
a to- not a toddler, but a, a grade schooler, and they're you know they really need attention. someone, yeah, yeah attention, definitely. and you got to hold, be right there for them because they're gonna. Well, maybe have this is you know something that they can take time to just kind of push on their kids. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. just being kind to other people, manners. I think that goes a long, long way. And it goes a long way, I think, professionally, too. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to work with somebody that's rude and arrogant. I was going to say, but what if what he was saying, like, you get to a point where they're like, okay, we had this conversation, or, you know, the kid is just kind of now overstimulated or mm-hmm. understimulated and just kind of checked out from anything you have to say. So what Let do you do the then? meetings begin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think, you know, for me, if I were a parent, I would really try to find out why they were over understimulated, why we weren't connecting on this and maybe just try a different approach. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. the lesson is so valuable that it needs to be learned. You know, just treating people with respect, um, having manners, is, it just goes so far yeah. in this world. Absolutely. Manners will get you far. You know, please and a thank you go it's so far. It doesn't matter if you're the janitor or the CEO. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, uh, so especially with this COVID and everybody's inside and no one's really interacting, what we were saying before, um, social media time, do you monitor that or do you not monitor that? Uh, we do. I mean, our kids, I think, uh, I think they're on, you know, I, I think Instagram's the primary one for them. Um, I still have uh, my, my space account, which I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one on there. And AOL, <laughs> dial up. Those chat rooms are kind of lonely. <laughs> but, um, we don't have to worry about that. I think there's just more, there's so much more out there, you know, it yeah. could be just a YouTube subscriber. They get locked into and it's, I don't think that anything inappropriate but it can be very time consuming Mm -hmm. and i think that's something you have to watch and monitor Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's not about going down a a rabbit hole of you know say taboo or you know something that could be problematic down the road because we've we've had a chat with all of our three older teenagers like you know and they they know right from wrong that's not the one you gotta worry about uh i know yeah 10 year old (laughs) 10 year old going on 30 right i think yeah, you know, with all this information, especially with social media, everybody mm-hmm. I feel, especially this generation, instantly they oh, they, yeah. they go from ten to thirty immediately because yeah. of the overload yeah. of information. Mm-hmm. And you have access to athletes, musicians. I mean, it, it may not be everything. Yeah. You know, I could just say, oh, uh, what's LeBron James doing or Cardi B? You know, I could just yeah. click on, you know, Twitter, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, and that's that's that. the hard part. You have to, you know explain maybe to a 10 year old like this is you know this isn't okay content for 10 year old Mm -hmm. you know it's not okay for a 45 year old but even if they i mean you can't watch everything they're doing no no online so you know which is a perfect segue into the next topic talking about miss cardi b Mm, yeah WAP video, which mm. stands for wet ass pussy (laughs) (laughs) so okay you know, we're men. Obviously, we love to look at beautiful women. Mm-hmm. The video, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, they're both good looking. Mm-hmm. There's a host of special appearances in that video from Kylie Jenner to Normani, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and they're all beautiful. So we see this, we hear the lyrics 
as Taylor said, it stands for wet ass pussy. Uh, <laughs> You're so formal with it. Well, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> like I grew up on the era, really, where hip hop began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. it, you know, from from my upbringing, it began with, you know, the fun style of hip hop, just spitting on the mic and, you know, making rhymes. And, you know, then it became like, like it was all party. Thing. And then it was kind of like, okay, the bravado kind of stuff, then the distant back and forth. And then to me, the first real female MC to kind of make a big boom was Roxanne Shantae. Mm -hmm. And she was a rapper that just kind of spit off the dome, which was very impressive. Uh, but she also had this battle mentality because everybody kind of came after her. So she would spit rhymes about anybody. It didn't matter, mm -hmm. male or female, she was going back at you. So then we, you know, move into the age of MC Light and and uh, Queen Latifah, mm -hmm. Salt and Pepper, where they were very you know female empowerment, which was great. Sending um, a message, yeah, sending a mm -hmm. message, you know, the whole era of Public Enemy and all that stuff. Then you move into the '90s with Biggie, Jay Z, you know, Pac, mm -hmm. and then you have Foxy Brown and Little Kim, who brought that extra sexuality to the game, but also you know. Missy Elliott, don't forget her. Yeah, Missy Elliott, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. dope MCs, all of them, Trina. But they had, there was that era of bold in your face sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And Little Kim and Foxy Brown were really at the forefront of that. But they still were respected MCs because they could be alongside their male counterparts and spill, still spit these hot rhymes, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go to Nicki Minaj, who's also a dope lyricist. Um, Remy Ma, she's not, you know, that's sexual, but uh, she's a dope female MC. And then Cardi comes out, who's got all this personality. People yeah. really don't respect her as a rapper because they don't know if she really writes her rhymes or not, right. you know. But then you have this video, like, yeah. and this is her sophomore album. Oh, so mm -hmm. everybody is highly anticipated. Her first album crushed on the charts. She had mad, crazy singles. So, like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to me to be even talking about the sexuality aspect of the, the song and the video because it's not something we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. I feel but, like that's cut you off. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but I, so also Mariah brought this to my attention too because of how, well, just personal experience, how used to, like, I am on the, like, if Cardi B was a male saying kind of like on the male side of it, like right, flipping the coin, yeah, flipping the oh, coin, yeah, yeah. like yeah, all like the male rappers are all saying, you know, like I'm about to get this, you know, I'm gonna right, yeah, do this, yeah. that, this, and I'm, you know, all this type of stuff, you know. I personally, again, uh, I feel almost like that's kind of the standard, and especially even just hearing some a few of my friends because they rap too, mm -hmm. they all incorporate something like that where like. I got this chick and blah, 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 right, this, right. you know, so and bragging about it or saying, you know, so it almost becomes kind of like a, a standard to talk about in your rep, at least like one bar, two bars. Yeah. That song was like every single bar was crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's it does go back to the fact, though. Are we playing double standards? Mm -hmm. This is what I'll say about that. I don't mind that she talks about sex because, you know. 
dudes do it. Other females before her have done it. That's not yeah. a problem for me. I don't even have a problem with the visual. The only thing that I will say, and this is even true of, well, I think, you know, Kim, well, Kim was more overtly sexual than Foxy was, but, you know, you are a kind of role model in a mm-hmm. sense, even if you don't want to be, to like, you could turn on TikTok, go on TikTok right now, and the majority of the, the videos you see are of women yep. shaking their asses mm-hmm. and, you know, doing all that stuff. And it just, gets to a point like I hope that these girls especially the younger girls women are a different thing but the younger girls don't feel like they have to do that to get that kind of attention you know what I feel like actually what I just thought of just now is so the male rappers are in the rap game like the male they dominate Mm -hmm. kind of that that sector Um, females is kind of like very there's not a lot yeah, it's a smaller there. niche. Yeah. Yeah. So then almost every single female rapper is looked up to as like a role model because they're the only ones that are actually made yeah. it to that mm-hmm. very top. Mm-hmm. Now we have a lot of male rappers who they rap about that. Some rap about real life stuff. Some right. rap about, you know, like you know, everything. Yeah, there's there's yeah. so many yeah, different right. like different genres in like a male rapping as far as where they are put. But a female rapper, yeah, there's not there's not a, a lot to dive diversify everything right. mm-hmm. um, so you don't really have much to choose from but there should be yeah there yeah. should and be I think you know the thing that I always hated about rap and females and rap is that it always seems like there can only be one you know mm-hmm. you can never like more than one well, there can... was so much beef between Cardi and Nicki and right. Meg like there's every single time any new female rapper joins the threat. game yeah exactly but so I don't even think it's the is female it? that feels like it's but, a threat it's yeah. the, the men in the industry pitting them together because they know yeah. that that makes headlines it creates controversy sure. which in turn creates sales you know and that's the bottom line is the money right I, I, I think I go back to which you, you know I asked you when you asked me to be on the show and the podcast a few days ago and I asked like what we're going to talk about is Cardi B and obviously I knew who Cardi B was yeah. and Truth be told, I watched, for the first time watched her video today, and I'm looking at this like, wow, you know, visually it's like an overload. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's a guy. I'm like, oh wow, and then and then I tying back into my the dad side. I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm like, is this something I want my kids to see or my stepdaughter to look at and right. say, is that someone I want to be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are they glorifying women? You know, I'm trying to look at it holistically and objectively like you know she's she's doing her thing like you said you know men guys have been rapping about this for oh, years yeah. you know and she's you know that doesn't bother me that she's doing it but then i'm just worried like kind of time what you didn't said like yeah. that she's being glorified sexually and she's explaining to make a dollar i mean right. that's what it i mean whether you're you you know i think about like uh, two live crew back in the day you know oh, they, yeah, they 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 so pushed raunchy, the limits yeah. it was so raunchy it was like you know but but I think, a di- and I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. the difference between men and women is they both can talk about the same things. But I think when it comes to the visual, mm-hmm. the women have to push the envelope even further than the men right. do. Yeah. And that's where I kind of have that thing. It's okay, I think, to be sexy and, you know, mm-hmm. show off a little something. So you're saying, you're, you're, you're saying you think the video visually went a little too far the one scene where cardi's got the 
<laughs> animal print on yeah. in the little pasties on the nipple. I know. At, at, the, that. at the same time, what if uh, for because now gangster rap especially uh-huh. has been like glorified. So right. like we all got guns, we all got you know everything. You know you gangster out here, right. or whatever. So to somebody who listens to that who's let's say from like the super suburbs is mm-hmm. thinking like they're a gangster I'm gonna get all these guns I'm gonna do it cause I'm you know hood right. but then they go out and do something stupid or they like like same thing you know like as far as if a woman looks up to Cardi like oh this is glorified you know she's shaking her ass or whatever mm-hmm. like for a man if they look up to some dude that they really look up to and he's holding all these guns well I gotta get guns I'm trying to be out here I'm trying right, to be right. really out yeah. here in these streets yeah. you know so then it almost takes into that factor is like who like like how much should we allow influence from the music realm into our like children well, it's all entertainment just yeah. like in movies you know it's all entertainment and I or think a, a lot of times yeah. especially in hip hop music since the 90s you know since NWA and yep. you know gangster rap and, and Biggie and Jay Z you know kind of glorifying the drug game um, that might have been a part of their real lives but I do kind of think it's the responsibility of them to let people know that yep. this is not the path you want to go down. I might be talking about this because that was my life. That's my experience. Right. And artistically, it makes sense for me to speak on this. But in terms of influencing you to want to do that, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And Cardi used to be a stripper before she became a rapper, you know. Much like yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, Chocolate Thunder was my name. Uh, <laughs> you can catch him at 1 800. Right. That was a long time ago. No, no, uh, baby. It's still in good, good, uh, good condition. It might not be in good shape, but it's in good condition. <laughs> I'm feeling nauseous. It's <laughs> only because they're craving. <laughs> uh, nah, but you know, I mean, no disrespect to her. You know, it's all a hustle at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. She's making money, you know, to, to provide for herself and to provide for her family. Uh, you know, I just, as an adult, just, you know, want people to be aware of the ramifications of the, the imagery mm-hmm. that you kind of put out Definitely. there. And then as an artist, I also feel like, you know, because she has so many doubters about her rap ability it would have, in my opinion, would have been smart for her to come out the gate with something just that would have blown everybody's mind in a different way, in an artistic type of mm-hmm. way. But that's just me. What do I know? I don't have a deal. I ain't got nothing to make a million. It's like, do you her. guys feel that that video would that be a, if let's say a child was influenced anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. from teenager or whatever around there? Um, was influenced by that to kind of like, oh, well, she's doing that. I'm going to do that, you know, on TikTok or whatever. Right. Would that be a result from parenting or lack of? It doesn't come in. Yeah. I'd say because more, I would say more of the parenting than the art itself because, you know, I know it's hard for parents to control what their children watch, especially on the internet. And yeah. Thank God. We didn't have the internet when I was growing up because I'd be in a whole lot of trouble (laughs) by now. But um, at least to talk to your children and let them know, you know, what is entertainment, what's good for you and what's not. And speaking on that, like I had a a talk with 
a friend of ours who has a 13-year-old daughter and the subject got on sex and sexuality and she was telling us that some of her friends in her school have are having oral sex in a public park. Yeah. And I'm like 13 years old and, and they're doing that kind yeah. of stuff and they brag about it. So it just goes to show you that kids are soaking in this yeah. stuff. They have access, you know, to... Growing way too rapidly. Like, well, yeah. yeah I mean, it's trying to imitate what they see. Yeah. sites and yeah. stuff like that. And, uh, so, exposure to so much. And yeah, I, exactly. I mean, that comes down to just having a conversation, what's what's okay, you know, yeah. putting boundaries on things. Right. You have to do that as a parent, whether it's, you know, YouTube, media content, friends, uh, because we've, we've had another conversation about conversations that I've had with friends and what's okay and you know kids are going to make mistakes but you got to be there to support them and back right. them up um, but yeah there's the videos or yeah you know is it like you said is, are they, is she pushing the envelope mm-hmm. is she just trying to sell the buck because in you know five ten years from now when she's older like oh yeah I just did that that was just just to make some oh, money yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what it boils down to I, you know but I think, you know, the entertainer, the the artist still has some ownership, like, hey, you have to understand, I'm, you know, this isn't me. I'm doing it's the this. Business. It's, it's like, like, it's we'll call it pro wrestling, so to speak. Right. You know, we're not, we're, we're in an entertainment business. Right. You know? I mean, so. I do like to see, you know, like the, uh, the her feature was Megan Thee Stallion, but then she had all these other females. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were rappers in the video, too, and other entertainers and Influencer, so it's nice to see women coming together, you know, yeah. for yeah. something. Yeah. But how do you so going back to kind of like let's say your child has a friend who's in that type of realm and trying to be like the thirteen-year-old doing too much, you know, yeah, in, in the round crowd, so to speak. Yeah. How do you? But let's say your child is friends with that person. And let's say they're like really tight, really good friends, mm-hmm. and they come over, and you see those type of actions. Are you under? Are you just you hear about them? And how would you delegate? Like them being friends with them, mm-hmm. would you allow that? And then on top of that, if you don't allow it, do you feel that your child would almost you'd be pushing more your child that way to because. Yeah, you're I mean, losing. It's be too much control, and then they would try to break free of that. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, it, that's a very tough conversation, but I think it's one that would, especially in that topic, it's very delicate. But uh, you're for the hope. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a necessary one. You know, you talk to them, and you know, no one knows a kid better than a, their own parent. But you sit there and say, "All right, you understand what's happening." Do you understand what could happen and what could it lead into? Because, you know, oral sex could lead to the next step, you know. And or a disease. Yeah, yeah. disease. Um, or, you know, pregnancy. Um, oral sex. Well, that's what I'm saying. We have to have a whole way. <laughs> Can you draw me a picture? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm confused. <laughs> um, but I think it, it is. It's tough because there's some kids that, get it so to speak and understand how things work and then there's some that are naive and I think those are the kids that get taken advantage of male and female mm-hmm. um, you know they, they'll be 
I I don't want to use the word predator, but there's oh, kids. God, yeah. You know, they don't even realize it, but they're like, "Hey, man, you know, you're yeah. the naive one or the, yeah. you know, the quiet one." We we could take it, you know, and they don't again not even realize they're doing it. But I've, you know, unfortunately, we've had some situations with. I've learned of just in the, like the junior high, the high school, the stuff that goes on out there. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's just it's eye opening. It's saddening as a parent. Like wow, you know, like. Again, I'm just a suburb well, dad. What going on with you when you were a kid? Well, that we were doing stuff in elementary school. Well, yeah, it happened, but that was a you know I think it was it was uh, you know uh, real small percentage. I think it's you know now you hear about kids and having parties and yeah, there's stuff. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. almost the entire high school caught chlamydia. Wow. Oh, what high school did you go to? Uh, yeah, I went to Kennedy. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the nurse. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But no, I just, everybody right. had to swallow those big old pills and Ooh. yeah, they had to just get it gone. What year did you graduate? 14, so yeah. Anybody Jeez. from, yeah, from so Yeah, we those, weren't that. Yeah. We were wild, but we weren't that. Wow. I can't even imagine going around home. so badly. Uh, mama, uh, the nurse that I had something called chlamydia. Why does my pee bird? Beat my ass. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So then uh, going back to what you were saying about talking to the kid mm-hmm. whose friend is a hoe. Right. Would you talk to the parent? Uh, absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, it, you'd have to, because if there's no way of getting around that. And I'm sure the parent of... What would you say? Uh, Mr. Oh. Johnson, your daughter's a hot. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, That's his answer. I saw her on TikTok. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's it's a delicate conversation you yeah. have. I mean, it, it, there's so many variables, but I think you just talk with your kid and then talk with the parents and let, you know... Um, they're they're obviously going to open up more to their own parents, so you would necessarily be a part of that conversation. But unless your kid was directly involved, but it, it's it's a tough one because you know, like you say, if you lean too hard, they're going to pull back and yeah. and jump into that that negative behavior. I you know, you which want your child to be comfortable talking to you. Absolutely, too. That's a huge thing. Yeah, too, because so. they you know I think we can all experience if you come down too hard with a hammer, that they're going to pull back. Uh, being too strict or too yeah, lenient, you yeah, know, like, you know, where's the balance? And kids, kids are smart these days. Yeah. They know how to work mom and dad. I mean, um, is that the king? Well, <laughs> they, they, you know, they know how to, you know, hit mom and dad soft spots, mm-hmm. and um, so, but hitting them or hitting them, approaching them at the right time and saying, hey, you know, it's okay to talk to me, but here's what's, I, I understand what's going on. I'm not mad at you, but you have to also understand the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do X, Y, and Z, this could happen and right. it can follow you, you know, um, like herpes. Right. <laughs> right. You want to bring that up. <laughs> right. right. Oh, um, if you hadn't been messing around with them farm animals, none of this would happen. Uh, I thought you said this was sponsored by Farmers Only. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a real, uh, thankfully, I haven't had to have that conversation, but, you know, it's it's not, you can't ignore it either, you know, turn the other way and realize that it, it couldn't happen because there's, a lot of temptation, whether it's you know digitally or personally with someone, um, 
you know, and then that's the other thing. You know, the, the internet, you have to be careful because there's a lot of creepers out there. Mm. That's how I meant, Jay. Right, right. <laughs> Come what over to that, my uh, house. 2020 have... show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to catch, to catch yeah, a predator. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you gave me a lot of ice cream that day. That right. was nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> As I was climbing through the window. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just here to tell her a quick Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it's it's just, it's the dynamics have changed. I mean, obviously, like probably, you know, my parents could say the same about when they were children. And it just happens. It's generational. But, you know, I mean, the time comes when you have kids and it's going to be different. You're going to have different challenges to deal yeah. with because when what my kids, even my 10-year-old and the 17-year-old, there's different challenges. Right. And it's going to continue to evolve and you just have to prepare yourself and be ready for it because um, there's it's every day there's something new whether it's covid or man it's mm -hmm. yeah it's also weird because in parenting there's no right path there's just and mm -hmm. no one path you know right. it's just you gotta figure it out doing the best you different. can yeah. yeah i think the bottom line you know obviously i don't have children but just watching and trying to be a part of different kids lives whether it's my friends children or my younger relatives it's just trying to be a positive role model and impact them. this goes and back to being you got to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be yeah, and that just influences the next person so that's it but, well thank you fellas yeah. for the invite yeah, appreciate thank it you definitely, for definitely. joining oh, us I, you know before we close out i do want to say uh thank you to everybody who listened yes uh, please continue to support us we hope uh, spread the word, spread the link, uh, donate if you'd like yeah. to. And uh, any topics that you want us to cover or talk about or that you're interested in, let us know. Yes, you can hit me up on social media. My social media, Facebook is Avion, J-A-Y-A-V-I-O-N, uh, Instagram, Avion J, and Twitter, jrod 6 Oh, my mm -hmm. social media is you can hit me up on La Chapelle Brown. Everything is La Chapelle Brown. L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E-B-R-O-W-N. All right. Do you want to tell anybody your social media? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm just, a, I'm just a content guest, but thank you so much for, right. for the I'm invite. I'm going to read a couple of little things from some people, some listeners who uh, sent in. Derek from San Antonio, Texas says, fatherhood is everything to me. The only person that I ever idolized was my father. Sorry, pause. <laughs> fatherhood is everything to me. The only person that I ever idolized was my father. So deciding to have children was huge for me. All I've ever tried to do is nurture my children in the same fashion that my father did me. Having them changed everything for me because suddenly it wasn't about me at all. Even getting married doesn't change you like kids do. Your wife is an adult, and you can take and can take care of her herself. Your kids need you for everything from day one, and they need the best of you. And you never stop being dad. I will worry and obsess over them when I'm 90, and they are adults, so that never goes away. Being a dad is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the most important, amazing, fulfilling, maddening thing also. Mm -hmm. Anybody with kids can tell you the best feeling in the world is when they look at you and you see that unconditional love. There's nothing like that and no amount of money, power, or possession is more valuable. That's deep. Walter from Memphis says, fatherhood is your ability to protect and provide means to your kids 
for them to serve and survive in the world to their best foot forward. You may not be able to give them material things the way you are given things, but you can instill in them the same values, values that were passed down from generation to yourself, to your kids and their kids and so on. Uh, Brian from Minnesota says, with having three daughters, fatherhood means everything to me. I learned early on that setting an example through my actions is one of the most important things that I could do. Children notice everything. Fatherhood means showing my girls what it takes to be a good person, which in turn made me a better husband, father, son, uncle, brother, and friend. I try to set an example by treating all people with respect and dignity, helping people who need help, showing empathy for others, enjoying family and friends, and valuing relationships, not material things. Fatherhood means letting my girls see me cry when I'm sad, saying I'm sorry if I do something wrong, forgiving them if they do something wrong, listening to their ideas and thoughts, encouraging them with goals, their goals, and always creating moments to laugh with them. Fatherhood to me means not raising a doctor, lawyer, or athlete, but raising a strong, confident, good, loving person who will have a happy life. I got one last one These from are Antoine in, in Atlanta, who says, Fatherhood means having your heart live outside your body. It is the most amazing and horrifying endeavor you undertake. It changes your purpose. You want to make everything possible for your child to experience Nothing better than seeing your kids smile or watching them discover something they can do in life. Amen. So with that, we just want to say thank you for everybody contributing in this wonderful, wonderful discussion and uh, look forward to many more discussion. Peace out to all you fathers out there. We love you all. Thanks for all the good work you do. Much love. Peace and prosperity. Peace. Peace. <laughs>